Church, we, we live in a fallen world. And by that, I mean that, well, the Bible says that we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Let me say that again. We're in the world, that's pretty obvious, but we're not of the world. And the world in the Greek is the word cosmos, kind of like you would think cosmos in the sense of, of, of well, I need it so good to see you in the front row. God bless you. How you feeling? You're getting better, progressive. We love you. We've been praying so much for you. Great family, great family. She's been, she's been dealing with some things in her body. God's touching her. Praise the Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And um, cosmos is, um, like you would think, the cosmos is with a K, not a C, but same thing, talking about the expanse of space, stars, and planets, and all of that. But what it means is this. It means the arrangement or the order of things. Um, it's talking about uh, a system. So when, 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 in fact, Jesus says to us that, that, um, that um, we're in the world, but we're not of the world, he's drawing a distinction by saying, I get it, you live here, but you're not under it. By the way, the word cosmos also means governance. Everybody say Governance. Governance, the government of something, the system of something, the arrangement or the order of something. So he's saying you're in the system of man, man's attempt to organize, his attempt to have wisdom on earth, his attempt to govern the earth and to govern his circumstances and to govern the people. But you're not of it. That's not who you are. Now, when I begin to study this out, it came to mind when there was a time where Jesus was discipling his disciples, and two of them were James and John, they were brothers, called the Sons of Thunder. I remember the Sons of Thunder, you know? And they were in a city, and the Bible says that Jesus had his eyes set on Jerusalem, and he was passing by the city, and the city leaders got upset that he wasn't paying them any attention. So they snubbed their nose at Jesus, and they might have said a few choice words. We're not sure, but we know that it was strong enough that it upset the sons of thunder. James and John were upset, so upset that they asked permission. They said, Jesus, please, would you, would you like us to do something for you? Can we call down fire from heaven and consume these nasty, snobby people that call themselves leaders of this city? And Jesus rebuked them. And then he said, no, I don't want you to do that. No. He said, he said, you don't know what manner of spirit you are of. You're not like them, James and John. You're not like them, church. The world has a system. If you punch, they punch you, you punch ten times harder back. The world has a system. You hate, they hate you, you hate them back. They hurt you, you hurt them back. They take from you, you take more back. That's how the system of the world is. Dog eat dog world, they say out there. And Jesus said, you might be in that system of governance. You might be in that world, but you're not of that. That's not the spirit of who you are. I want you to come up higher. And church, for us to get the manifestation of what we want God to do in our lives, we got to come up a little higher than we have been lately. We got to get into the realm of the spirit. Touch your neighbor say he's talking about you. Come on, talking about you. So it goes, all this goes, church, all this goes back to the garden. It goes back to the time where God creates Adam and Eve perfect, 
perfect in all their ways. Um, they, are, they are just like God. They're made in his image and likeness. They're sharing life together. They're enjoying the benefits of living in the Garden of Eden. And the whole planet was theirs. And God gave them preeminence and said, you rule like I rule. And um, here's what you do. You name all the, you name all the species of, that are on the earth. And that's what they'll be called. And that's what will become their purpose. So he gives them, he co-creates with man. God starts it, then God says, you finish it. Basically what he's saying, God starts it, you finish it. So we don't know how long time went by. We don't know the stretch of time there. But we know that also God put in the garden a tree. And he said, this is my tree. Out of everything I make on the earth, I'm going to say one thing to you. This is my tree. Don't touch it. Don't eat from it, lest you die. It's mine. It belongs to me. It's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I want that responsibility to rest at my, my hands and my, on my shoulders and not yours. I'll show you what's good and evil. You trust me. But, but that's my tree. And he put it there in the midst of the garden, the Bible says. It was right there. And we don't, again, know how long this time period went on. But we know that one day the serpent beguiled Eve and said, isn't it a great tree? And the Bible says, she saw the tree. She saw with her natural eyes, the tree, that it was pleasant and good to eat. Now, she saw the same tree every single day. Drove by it on her way to work every single day. Come on, church. Saw the tree, never even thought about it because that was God's tree. And God said, don't touch it, so we don't touch it. But one day, that devil got involved, tempted her, twisted her thought pattern, and the Bible says she saw it differently than it was before. With her natural eyes, she saw the tree, that it was good to eat. And she took of it, and she ate. And then she, the Bible says she gave to her husband, and it didn't take him long, and he ate that from that tree as well. And the Bible said they knew their sin because their eyes were were opened. They knew what had happened. And the Bible talks about the fact that they were so afraid that when sin hit them so hard that they knew their nakedness. Well, before that, they were clothed with the glory of God. And now then, now they have no clothes on whatsoever. They're naked, not just in the, in the physical sense, but naked, exempt from the presence of God. The Bible says they go and they hide. They run to the tree line and they hide in the tree. Why? Because sin will make you run from God. When we get in a place, you want, to, you want to know if you're a sinner or not? Here's how you know you're a sinner or not. When you're not spending time with God, you're probably sinning. And you want to hide from God. But how many knows God's not a God you hide from? Not like he don't know where you're at anyways. This God can find you, pick you back up, touch you, heal you, forgive you, give you a second chance. Come on. And so they're hidden in the, in the garden in these trees. They think they're hidden. And they make for themselves, they find these fig leaves. And they sewed them together to hide their nakedness and to hide their shame. Trying to cover up what only God can cover up and remove from a human being's life. So she saw something, eats from it, sins, hides themselves. And then God, Bible says, comes just like he always came in the midst of the cool of the day. And he came and he says, Adam. Adam, where are you? It wasn't like God didn't know where they were in their locale. But he, he was asking about where are you? Where are you positionally? Not locally, but where are you positionally? In other words, why did you not keep your post? Why have you left the place that I told you and commanded you to be? And now you're hiding yourself in shame away from me. So that's what God's dealing with today. He's dealing with our position. They lost their authority in the garden. Sin came. 
and ruled the day. Satan came and became the little G God because of their disobedience and ruled the earth as a result of this. And I can prove that out in scripture. We just don't have time. It goes all the way back when you find the temptation in the, in, in when Jesus is in the wilderness and you will see what I'm talking about is the truth. That that devil still had power and authority in the earth. God could only get it back by a perfect specimen and that one was not the second Adam but he's called the last Adam which is one of his titles who in fact was Jesus Christ and Jesus Jesus gained authority back and gave it to all of his, all of his children. Now we have authority over the devil. I said we got authority over the devil. And if we've got authority over the devil, why are we allowing the devil to walk up in our life, treat us like a welcome mat, wipe his feet on our back, and say, this is who you are and where you're going to be? No, honey. God's giving me power and authority and the blood of Jesus Christ. To execute righteous judgment over you. Get out of my house. Get out of my body. Get out of my finances. Come on. Jesus gained the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Brought it back and gave us all power and all authority. Anybody who will believe in Jesus. That's why it's so wonderful to spend time with the Lord. So this world is, it's trained, this, this governance, this system, the world, I say the world, not talking so much about the precious people of the world. I'm talking about the system of man is trained to accept what it sees. It accepts what it can see based on the understanding that it has. That's why Paul prayed to the church, prayed over the church and said, Lord, open the eyes, not their natural eyes, not these eyeballs in our head, but open the eyes of their understanding that they may know what is the hope of their calling and the inheritance in the saints. In other words, he was saying, I'm not talking about their natural sight. They already got a pretty good idea what's going on in their life when they look around and see what's happening. I'm talking about that inside. I'm talking about eyes to see what's going on in the inside and what's going on in the realm of the spirit. Enlighten them. Matter of fact, Father, enlighten us today that we may know. Here's the good news Jesus said. Be of good cheer. In other words, get happy. Get excited. Why? I have overcome the world. Jesus said, I've already took it to task and defeated it and trampled it. And now I've given you authority over it. Get happy. Be cheerful. Look, our eyes can only see three-dimensionally. But there's another whole dimension. That's why he's talking about getting happy. Why? You can't look at what you're going through and get happy. That's nearly impossible. you got to look at where you're going, where God's taking you. And our eyes see, see three-dimensionally, but there's another realm, uh, another dimension that cannot be seen with the naked eye. And that is, in fact, the realm of the Spirit, where all things are possible to those who will believe. Touch your neighbor and say, it's time for you to believe. Come on, church. Is anybody hearing me today? You know, God will open up our eyes. We'd see things that, man, we might, we might say, close my eyes, close my eyes. Why? Because there's stuff going on in the spirit realm right now around us. 
A great illustration of this in the Word of God, a true story. Elijah, who was the prophet of God, very, very powerful man of God. And because he was powerful, just because you're powerful in God doesn't mean everybody's going to love you. Amen. He had many, many enemies. And the Assyrian army wanted to take him out for one reason or the other. And um, him and his, uh, his, um, his sidekick, his servant Gehazi, was with him. And he was the one that was training to become one of the prophets of the Lord as well. And, and, and they were going from city to city. And so they would camp in between cities. And here they had camped all, all night. And when they woke up in the morning, Gehazi got up to get the coffee going, whatever he's doing. He got the fire going, whatever he was doing. And he looks, and there yonder, he sees men off into the distance. And these are all warriors. And he recognized them, their flags. He could see it was the Assyrian army. And then he looked to the east, and then he looked to the west, and he looked to the south. No, he saw surrounding them hundreds of troops, hundreds of men ready to close in on Elijah and him. It was either the last day uh, on, on planet Earth for the two of them, or in fact, they were going to be taken captive. One way or the other, it was not looking good. I said it was not looking. I said it was not looking, seeing good, right? So he wakes up, Elijah said, my master, please, look, we're being surrounded by the enemy. Now, I don't know the expression of Elijah's face. I'm not, I'm not positive, but I, I can tell you Elijah was not affected or phased by it one bit. Mighty young, yeah, what's up, man? See all this Assyrian army, they're coming to get us. Oh, you mean all those guys? <laughs> Lord, open his eyes that he may see what I see. The Bible says the Lord opened the eyes of Gehazi and surrounding the two of them were a host of heavenly angels, warring spirits with chariots of fire. Come on! And their spears torn, turned outward toward the camp of the Assyrians saying, make my day. Come on, somebody. We're going to guard you, protect you, and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. When that kind of stuff, you get a revelation of that kind of stuff, you ain't afraid no more. You ain't scared no more. You ain't freaking out. You ain't worried. You're not in doubt. You walking. You're back stiff. Come on. I know today is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why? He got my back. Come on. It's time to manifest. But if we don't see with the realm, with the eyes of the Spirit into the realm of the Spirit, we'll never manifest what God has for us. I could tell you stories of things, and you could tell me stories of times where you were walking and there was someone there, and then they weren't there no more. And you think, my God, what happened to that person? I was in New Orleans. We were just in New Orleans. How many knows New Orleans can be kind of spiritual sometimes? You got to be a little prayed up before you go in there. Praise God. And I'm not talking about any voodoo devils. I'm talking about the eating devils. Praise God. You eat too much. You got to bind it in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> and uh, and so I'm walking. Uh, Pastor Rob was at the hotel, and I, I was I, I don't know where I was at. Somewhere, uh, anyways, doing something. Was walking back to the hotel. Oh, we're on the phone. And as we're on the phone, we're talking. And I'm crossing the street, going this way. I'm turning this go this way. Hotel's about maybe a half a block down. And I'm we're in the French quarters, and we're talking. And as we're talking, I see a guy, big tall guy, over six foot tall, beard, big. And he's looking right at me. He's fixing his pants. He's, you know, just kind of just twitching his pants a little bit. He's walking right toward me. I thought, my mind said, that's a big guy. But I had to look because, just for a second, because I heard something behind me real quick. I'm on the phone like this, turn like this, and look back up. And the guy is gone. I'm thinking, how, where, there was nowhere for the guy to, how many knows that kind of stuff will freak you out? And it wasn't like he was looking around trying to figure out where he needed to go. He was looking straight at me, coming right at me, and the guy was gone. Now, you can say what you want. 
I don't even know the purpose. I'm just trying to tell you, once in a while, you're gonna, you are going to entertain angels unaware. Once in a while, you're going to come across something that you can't explain. And you just got to say, Lord, I don't know what happened there, but I give you all the glory. Obviously, you're trying to do something. Come on. Glory to God. So how do our eyes begin to open to the realm of the Spirit? How do our eyes begin to open to the realm of the Spirit in order to begin seeing that all things are possible? I'm going to give it to you. Psalms 119, 105. Your word, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What we need is light in darkness. What we need is the ability to see what nobody else can see. And the only truth to this is that we've got to get the Word of God inside of us to open up that lamp, to light that lamp so that our path is now lit and we're no longer in darkness. Matthew 6 verse 5 says this, And when you pray, Jesus said, You shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Jesus is saying here, look, they look religious, but my God is not impressed. They speak religious things, but your Father is not impressed. They stand in the right places, and they go to the right church services, and they look a certain part, but it does not impress the Father. They have their reward. Hopefully they look good, so they felt good, because that's all the reward they're going to get. Why? Because they're seeking things in the natural. They're not trying to open their eyes to the spiritual. They're only look, trying to look good in the natural that they are spiritual. Surely said they have their reward, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the what place? The what place? The secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you how? Openly. Where is the secret place? The secret place is the spirit realm. You cannot see God. No man saw him and ever lived. You can't see him till one day you're in the sweet by and by. And we know we're going to be there one day. But right now we receive him by faith. We know that we know that we know deep down in our knower that he's alive and well and on his throne. But here's the problem. We're not connecting with him because we want him to see what we see. We want him to see the natural that we're going through. And he's saying, come up a little higher. I want to show you some light in your darkness. I want to show you what, how all things can become possible again in your life. I can be found where? Every single day, every minute, every second of the day in the secret place. And you got access, honey, to me anytime you want. You can come boldly into the throne room of grace to find help. Come on! In time of need, am I talking to two or three people here today? 
and I see you. And when you get in the realm of the Spirit and you're not locked up in your circumstances anymore and trying to get me to come down to your level and see how bad your life is, but you get positive and tell me how good I am. And when you do that, you come up into my place, in the secret place. And when that happens, I'll see in secret. And I will, I will reward you openly. I will manifest it. Come on. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's so easy. It's so easy. You just got to turn off the influence of your natural sight and your ears. And you got to say enough of the garbage on television, enough of the garbage on radio, and enough of the garbage on the news, and enough of the garbage on the internet and social media. I'm going to get locked away with you for a few minutes, Lord. I'm going to find you in the secret place. I'm going to shut the door on my circumstances. Shut the door on the negativity and find you that you may reward me and manifest what I need in my life. If we skip down a couple verses and read this in context, here's what Jesus said. Just a couple verses down. In context, Matthew 6, 19. Do not lay up for yourself treasures where? On earth. What's he saying? He's still, he's still in the vein of it. He's still talking about it's all about the secret place. It's all about the spiritual realm. Don't get caught up with the things on earth. Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. What's he saying? He's trying to teach us here. You try to, what we try to do is get all we can in the natural. We amass things. We, we save it up. We try to put it together for ourselves. And, 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 and what happens? It gets destroyed. We lose the job. Something falls through. The car wreck happened, and now we've got to pay all these extra bills. Or whatever it may be, the moth comes. The rust comes. And it brings destruction. and begins to eat up the supply. He said those are the people who look to the natural to take care of their needs. He said, but lay up. He's distinguishing now the difference between the natural and the spiritual. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. In other words, I've got an abundant supply for you in the realm of spirit and nothing can take it or be destroyed from you. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if you're, if, you're, if you're now focused on the earthly things, the natural thing, we know where your heart is. But if it's spiritual things, we know where your heart is. The lamp of the body is the eye. Put it in context. He's talking about the difference between the natural eye and the spiritual eye. The body of the, is the eye. Lamp of the body is the eye. If, if therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. So again, the word of God gives you light and the word of God will give you the ability to see what your lying eyes cannot don't trust your eyes your natural eyes there's something there's a second opinion that God wants to reveal to his people look at Psalms verse chapter 119 verse 130 the entrance of your words gives light the entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Thank God, because I'm just a simple man. I need you to tell me, like right between my eyes, Lord. <laughs> That's the truth for me. So the word of God brings light. Now, I told you this last week, 
and I wanted to try to, I kind of want to do it again today, if you'll indulge me. I just felt this was important enough to talk about. And that is, we were looking for a building. When we were a young church, we were about two years of age. We were growing, but we didn't have a lot of people. And, um, and we had no money, and we did not have, uh, we did not have uh, enough time on, in our books for a bank to give us a loan to be able to fund a building. So, in the natural, it, it, guys, we, it was impossible. It was just impossible. But we felt strongly that God was, going, God was going to give us this building. So I put together a little confession. We started confessing it on Thursday nights and then on Sunday mornings together as a church. And we're believing God. And then I begin studying. I'm studying the word of God. And I'm studying the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God to build my faith. That's why I'm doing it. And I'm learning. I'm listening to other ministers. I'm going, my God. And I like what they said. And I go in and I would balance it out with the scriptures. Because I never just take somebody's word for it. I want to, you might be an anointed person, but I want to make sure it's in the Bible. So then I go and I study for myself. And I see the links together. Man, you know, we can call. I start saying that myself. We can call those things that be not as though they were. That, that God can actually speak life to dead things and they come back to life again. And he said, basically he was saying to us that if he can do it, so can you because we're to imitate him as dear children and that we're made in his image and his likeness. So that actually God actually continues to co-create from the garden till now with us on planet earth. I'm going, this is incredible. So I said, Lord, if that's true, then all that we need is in that Bible. And if all that we need is in that Bible, then our building is in that Bible. Now, I know that's crazy thinking, but that's just the thought I had. If that's true, then, that, then my building will be in the Bible. So I begin to pray, Lord, I want to thank you that you're going to show me the building. You're going to show me the building in the Bible. One day, out of nowhere, I was at church, actually, I was there early, and I heard the Lord say, turn to Mark chapter 11. And I just felt he was going to show me the building in the Bible. And here it was. Mark chapter 11, verse 2. And he said to them, go into the village opposite you. And as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it. And immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside of the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, what are you doing? Loosing the colt. And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded. So they let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it. And he sat on it. And many spread the clothes on the, on the road. And others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now, I read that. And I went, okay, Lord, uh, you know, my lightning fast mind, uh, where, but where's the building at? Where's the building at? I don't see a building in there. He said, read it again. I felt led to read it. I read it, I read it three times. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I go, oh, my God. It's not that a building with an address is there. You're showing me the pattern of how to get the provisions. Oh my. And all of a sudden, he said, what did I tell you to go? He said, you told them to go to the city that was opposite them. In other words, it was the place that was opposing them. He said, son, isn't where I'm calling you to go opposing you every single day? You ain't got the money. You ain't got enough people. You ain't got enough time on the books. Ain't got a bank to back you. Come on. Ain't even got a building to look at right now. But I'm telling you to get it. I said, oh my God. He said, I'm telling you. 
He said, when I call you to do something, it will always be in the place of opposition. I said, okay, okay, Lord, I'm getting excited. He said, what, what happened next? You said that, that they would get there and they would find a colt on, on which no one has ridden before and, and, and to loose it and to bring it to you. And he said, yeah. He said, what, you know what the colt is? I said, no, sir. He said, the colt is your building. The colt is the provision. He said, notice, I didn't call you to ride the colt. I'm not asking you to have the colt. The colt's got nothing to do with you. You're your job is to bring the colt to me. That donkey belongs in my presence, and I'm going to fill my presence on the... Come on, church. He said, how much? How much? How much did it cost them? I, I kind of laughed. I said, little Lord, you know, be honest with you, they, they stole the thing. They didn't ask for permission or nothing. They just loosed it and let it go. He said, yep, and you're going to have a building for a steel too. Come on, church. Come on. And when you bring it to me, I'm going to fill it with my presence. You're going to take it into the city, and the people are going to come, and they're going to worship me, and they're going to praise me. Woo! And we did get this building for a steal, too. Hallelujah. We need every answer you have, every question you have, the answer is in the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. And if I could be so honest with you, most of the time we don't get our answers because we're L-A-Z-Y. We're too involved in our podcasts, our social medias, and we're just too involved in other things to go and say, I've got to find out what thus saith the Lord. What is God? I need light in my darkness. We need revelation for manifestation and not just more information. Nothing wrong with information. But I'm talking about you got to have something the world ain't got. you got to have something the world ain't got. You can't just read the word of God and say, oh, that, those are great stories. And there's great historical facts in there. It's got to be more than that. It's not just a, a, a love story or great stories about conquests and victories and warfare and, and, and love stories. That's not what this is about. That's the word of God. It's breathed on. God breathed his word. It's alive. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There's more going on than a book that's got some good words in it. This thing is spirit that gets on the inside of you. And it's called revelation. Revelation of God's word is like turning on the light switch in a dark room. Once you see something you never saw before in his word, it's like turning on that light switch in a dark room. All the fear goes. All the apprehension goes. All the confusion goes. All the disorientation goes. All the insecurity goes. Have you ever, ever been looking for something in the middle of the night, in a dark place, you're groping around and kind of getting concerned because you can't find it, and all of a sudden somebody turns on the light and you're just like, oh, hey, how's it going? How's it going? You just felt stupid. You know what I'm talking about? Because all you needed was the light to be turned on. Amen. All the apprehension, insecurity goes away. I know, I know where the door is. I know where the door is over here. I know where the people are. I know, I know that there's not a boogeyman trying to get me. Come on. <laughs> My wife and I, this is years ago, and um, one day we decided we were hikers. How many times did you hike before? Never. But we were hikers that day, praise God. So we went down to the store, and we bought everything. You know how that is, right? You got your backpack. You got the hiking boots. You got the right stick. You've got the stuff. I got a, I got a, I got a knife on those rock. It was those, uh, what are the, what are those knives? Um, Rambo. You remember the Rambo knife? 
I had the sewing kit because I had to sew something in the middle of the night. Praise God, I got that ready to go inside. And I, 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 and I, we were literally, we said, we're going to go hiking. We're hikers now. So we got off of work, and we did a beautiful state park, and there's this gorgeous area to walk, and it's babbling brooks and water flows, and there's, there's um, bluffs and cliffs and trees and wildlife. And so um, we start going out on this uh, path, right? Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. And it's actually not even scary. When the sun's out, hallelujah, we found this little, little area, a little landing area, and they created a little fire, and we were marsh, doing marshmallows like s'mores or something, and, and we were having a good old time out there. And, and all of a sudden, I started to notice, man, it's getting dark fast, like faster than it should. I'm like, what the heck is going on? What's going on here? And I was like, well, we better get, we pack up and go. I didn't know that it gets darker faster in the woods than it does anywhere else on planet Earth. But it just does. Because you're under that canopy, right? And, and you get, it's like, you know, and so, and so the sun's going down fast. I'm like, oh, my God, pack it up, pack it up. So we're packing it up. We got to get, because I don't, we don't have any flashlights. We have no way of getting, so we get, the, we get the backpacks, we get everything together, we get the s'mores, we ate, swallowed them, praise God, when we took off. And now we're trying to find the path. And it's, by the time we get halfway through, it is pitch dark now we know there's a cliff we don't know where the cliff is because we don't remember where the cliff is we 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 weren't hikers at all we were not hikers but we only way we could get out of there is because we knew there the, there's water would be close to where our car would be so we we're listening for the water it was no no there was no stars nothing it was pitch dark i mean look guys look i know i know there's probably no bears right there in the state park right there in illinois i know that's probably true but when it's dark like that when a squirrel, squirrel runs by you. Oh my God, what was that? Now I, got, I, I had the knife out the whole time. Come on, I'm a city boy. I had the knife, I'm going to kill a bear. I'll kill you. Get out of here, bear. My wife said, I think that was a squirrel. That was a big squirrel. So I'm heading back. And so, and, and, we're, and it's pitch dark. And I'm freaking, I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying to be macho. I'm trying to be the man, you know? So, but I, but we had to, we had to, we had to do this on the side of a cliff because we knew it was only this and we knew there was a drop off, but we didn't know if it was the drop off. We're not sure. We didn't know where we were at. We're trying to listen for the water. We're scared out of our minds. Only reason why I brought that, we made it safe. Praise God. We, it took us a while, but we got out of there. Hallelujah. And, uh, and I brought that up because if anybody were to turn, the job would have said, this is so funny and turn the lights back on. We're probably, we're right there. Probably a squirrel sitting over here where the bear, where I thought the bear was. And the drop-off was probably like a little gully, like a three-inch little gully right there. As we're scaling it, thinking we're going to die, you know, any moment. But, but you know what the truth is? We just didn't know. We didn't know. Why? We were in darkness. And when you're in darkness, you get in fear. You get in confusion. You start getting frustrated. You get insecure. You don't know what's around the corner, right? But once the light comes on, you can see everything perfectly well. That's what the word of God does for his people. Revelation of the word of God is insight. Insight. And the word of God is the inside information that the world doesn't have. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no revelation or insight, the people cast off restraint. You know what that means? They give up. You know one of the chief weapons of, of the enemy is? One of the chief weapons of the enemy is discouragement. He wants to discourage God's people. And if he can keep you out of, his, if he can keep you out of God's word, because you're so busy, you're just so busy, you can't even pick up your Bible once in a while. See, for me, it can't be a once in a while thing. I got to get into it every single day. 
I don't read it like a storybook. I don't read it like stories at all. I'm trying to find me in those, I'm finding me, my situation in the life of Abraham, in the life of David, in the life of Moses, in the life of Samuel, in the life of Jesus. I'm trying to figure out what God's saying to Jeff Pruitt. And all of a sudden, something will pop out, will pop out at me. I I said this on Thursday night. By the way, I want to ask you, if you're not working second shift, you just be here on Thursday night. Just but you can't get enough of the word of God. And I'm not, I'm, we're open for business. We're here and we're done by 8.15. So 7 to 8.15, kids can get to bed and you'll be fine. Kids have a great program. Youth have a great program. Kids have a great program. I want to remind you, and I'm, I'm talking right now, my, the, the sermon series I'm on right now is called Next, Getting to the Next Level of Your Life. We kicked it off last Thursday. You do not want to miss this series. Get involved. You'll, you'll love it. I know you're tired. I know you're tired. I'm tired. We all get tired, but the Bible says we're supposed to even get together more as we see Jesus coming back. So you need to be here. You're part of this church. I want to see you this Thursday. But let me just tell you this. Let me tell you this. Um, is that, is that uh, I shared this. I said, you know, guys, most people feel they're out of control. My life is out of control. And they say, I'm just, I feel like I'm out of control. Everything's out of control. <sighs> we breathe heavy, you know, short breath. You know, we can't breathe. All this stuff. And the Lord spoke to me because I'm a guy who likes to control things. I like to think I want this here and that there, and it's not like that. I get upset and, you know. And so the Lord's had to work on me over the years. We all have our stuff. And, and the Lord's been working on me, and this is a revelation. I, I have taught this over and over again, but I never saw it this way before. He said, son, never allow yourself to say this is out of control. Never do that. He said, it may be out of control, but it doesn't have to be. I said, but Lord, how can I even, how can I control that? I can't, it's not like to do with that. He said, no. He said, but I've given you a different kind of control. I said, what, what control is that? He said, self-control. I said, what? I was like, oh, no. I, I went back and I studied that self-control is one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's one of the ways you know you're walking close with God when you have self-control. I said, Lord, you're right. I can't control that bill, and I can't control that person. I can control that mouth, and I can't control that situation. But I can control how I react to it. I can control my breathing. And out with the bad there. In with the good. Out with the, come on, somebody say amen. I can control my reaction time. I can control my disposition. I can control my demeanor. I can control my integrity. I can control my character. I can control my life. No, I'm not out of control. I'm in control. And really, the successful people are the people that know how to control themselves and react properly to the things that are happening around them. And when they react a certain way, it either gives them success or failure. Because life in life, you get bad things thrown at you once in a while. It's how you react to those things. Guys, we have self-control. I brought that up because I'm saying to you, that was a revelation. And I just, I just laid that baby on you. Now you've got a revelation of that verse. I'm in control at all times. Amen. I have revelation inside. I've got light inside. I've got so much more I want to share. But y'all had me preaching too soon, praise God. And I'm out of time. But I promise I'm coming back next week. And you'll come back next week. And we're going to finish this thing. This is powerful stuff.